Hey, so thanks so much for joining me today. We're going to be talking about getting ready for Jesus. He's on his way, and it's not his will that one should perish. And so he's warning us, telling us to get ready. We have something to to do to get ready for the groom. If we're the bride, it's time to get dressed. Make sure that we have everything according to what he told us to do ready. So kind of like your list, make sure you got it checked off. Make sure you did everything he told you to do. Get excited. There's going to be the new heaven and the new earth, and we're going to be able to live there with Jesus, whom we love forever and ever and ever. Be in goodness, kindness, love, joy, peace. No more evil, no more sorrow forever. How exciting is that? Let's acknowledge him, Jesus. We thank you and praise you for being here today. Thank you for your presence, your wisdom, for telling us things to come, for preparing us, giving us plenty of time to get ready for you to be here, to stand before you confidently knowing that we know you and we did all you told us to do. We love you and praise you and give you all the glory. Just take over in your name. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Jesus said, not everyone who calls me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who calls him Lord. So that means some people are going to be deceived into thinking that he was their Lord. And so, um, verse 22, Jesus said that many are going to say all the things they did in his name. And then verse 23, he said that he's going to say that... um, Away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. In verse 21, he said, those who do the will of my Father, only those who do the will of my Father will enter into the kingdom of heaven. So we have to do what he said. Jesus even does the will of the Father. So how much more should we be doing the will of the Father, right? Not my will, but your will, he said to his Father. And that's what we have to say so that we can enter into the kingdom of heaven. Anyway, my message today is in John, John 5. There was, um, verse 1 says there was a Jewish Jewish festival, and so Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and there was a pool, and the pool was called Pool of Bethesda. You probably heard the story before. And the people that were sick were all there waiting for the bubbling of the water, Um. Verse 4 says, an angel of the Lord went down and pointed seasons to the pool and moved and stirred up the water. And whoever then first, after stirring up the water, stepped in was cured of whatever disease which he was afflicted with. There was a certain man there who had suffered with a deep-seated, lingering disorder for 38 years. When Jesus noticed him laying there, helpless, knowing that he had already been there a long time in that condition, He said to him, don't you want to be well? Are you really in earnest about getting well? In other words, wasn't he passionate about getting to the pool and getting in there and getting well after all those years? And the invalid answered, sir, I have nobody when the water is moving to put me into the pool. But while I'm trying to come into it myself, somebody else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said, get up, pick up your bed and walk. Instantly, the man became well, recovered his strength, and picked up his bed and walked. But that happened on the Sabbath. So the Jews kept saying to the man, who healed you? 
And he said, the man who healed me gave me back my strength. He himself said to me, pick up your bed and walk. When they asked who the man was, um, he said he didn't know. So the invalid who had been healed did not know who Jesus was and had because Jesus had quietly gone away and passed on unnoticed. Afterward, when Jesus found him, and I, I want you to pay attention to this, Jesus is looking for this man. It said afterwards when he found him, he said to him, See, you are well. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. And the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who, who made him well. Now, isn't that interesting? Jesus said, you're well. Now, stop sinning or something worse will happen to you. And the first thing he did is he went and told the Jews that Jesus was the one who healed him. So that makes me think that um, he, he lied. And, um, of course, when Jesus told him to get up, he got up and he was healed. It makes me wonder as well, if someone else would have told him to get up, would have he gotten up? He had to have known that that was Jesus, why he got up. So, anyway, I thought that was interesting because God has been talking to us about denying him. And he's been talking to us about sin. And a lot of people think you can sin, but Jesus right here said, stop sinning before something worse happens to you. And then you can just think about that for yourself. What is the worst thing? That could happen to you if you just keep ignoring Jesus. So aside from that matter, I want to go back to the man who was laying by the pool all those years. And what Jesus was saying to me is, that's what we do. When we should, the pool was right there for them, and and all they had to do is get in. Jesus laid down his life for us, and all we have to do is follow him, seek after him. Seek after righteousness, but we have all these excuses just like that man had excuses that day. And it saddens him that we aren't fighting. The kingdom of God is taken by force. Instead of going after Jesus, we're just laying by the pool, complaining, maybe getting drunk, and just saying, you can't do it, it's too hard, and just all kinds of excuses. And he's saying today to get up, to get up and to go and to sin no more. You have his power living on the inside of you. You can do it. You don't have to sit around and wait for him to come. In fact, if you're sitting around waiting for him to come, you're going to be pretty disappointed that day when he tells you that he's not acquainted with you, that he doesn't know you. When you know Jesus and you're willing to let him correct you, then you're going to have some, you're going to have that relationship. You're going to have some time under your belt with him where you went through stuff with him. And you're certainly going to know him because you stood up, you got up, and you walked. You didn't just lay around and complain about your circumstances, but you took that power, that authority that he gave you. And you became like him, and also you did his work. Jesus has a work for us to do, and we can't be just laying around by the pool with all kinds of excuses, but we should be representing him. He said, when I come, will I find faith on the earth? I know that seems like a far-fetched call to do what he was doing, but when you just keep taking steps towards him, 
you're going to see that you can do or he can do in you what he was doing when he was here. Yesterday, I mentioned the last thing he said to Peter is to love me, feed my flock. I just can't stress that enough because I know so many people personally that um, are not feeding the flock. They are feeding themselves. Jesus said in Matthew 6, don't be like the heathen. What they do is they run in circles pretty much, worrying about what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, and what we're going to wear. And he is saying, instead, when you seek God's way of doing and being right, what you need is going to be added to you. And it's true. I can attest to that. He asked me to quit my job and to work for him. And because he's so in love with his people, that's why he's saying, do you love me? Then feed my flock. Do you love me or is it about you? Do you love yourself with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind? So many people are stuck in the fact that they think they can just sin and it's okay and they can't help it. And Jesus living on the inside of you has empowered you to be able to do what you couldn't do on your own. What you can't do on your own, he can empower you to do. What looks impossible is possible with him. And when you get in that relationship with him, when you sit at his feet and you find out what he's thinking and you have conversation with him like Peter did, he's going to tell you how he feels, what's on his mind, what he's concerned about, and he's going to ask you to be a part of his life. And that means laying down your life like he laid down his life for you. So it's not about laying around waiting for him to come but it's being active in doing what he asked you to do before he gets here. Will he find faith on the earth when he comes? It's impossible to please God without faith. So if you're laying around waiting, where is your faith action? Faith without action is dead. If you say you believe in him, yet you're not doing anything, then your faith action is dead. If you're not standing up for him, if you're not representing him, If you're not seeking him, if you don't know him, if you don't know what he's feeling or what he's thinking, you're really denying him. Just like that man. Just like that man that laid by the pool. He was just being lazy. He had all kinds of excuses. Right? We have all kinds of excuses why we're not going to do what Jesus wants us to do. I could have excuses. But they're not good enough, especially if you love that person that's asking you to do that work for him. Jesus asks us to do a work for him. And in order to do that, we have to have a really tight relationship with him because we can't do it on our own. So it's not about just wearing his name and um, thinking that's going to that's gonna suffice. It's not. It's about following after him, doing his will, living your life for him, not for yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind is to care about what he cares about. And so you, you can't do that until you take time to get to know him. And if you're not doing that right there, you're actually denying him. And on that day, he's going to say, I didn't know you. Yeah, I know you, you're calling me Lord, and you, you thought you were doing things for me, but you didn't do the very thing I asked you to do. And that is the will of the Father. And um, most people I 
I hate to say aren't even doing the basics, what the Word says, the simple things that Jesus said, which are not simple without that relationship with Him. You can't do them on your own. And one thing leads to another and leads to another, and pretty soon you've hardened your heart towards Him, and you're confused even on what is right and wrong. And so what Jesus would say to you today, just like he said to Mary, I'm not condemning you. You know, all those people, he said, Who, whoever is without sin, throw the first stone. They all dropped their stones and walked away. And I wondered why. Why didn't you go to Jesus? He said to Mary, he said, I don't condemn you. Where are your accusers? They're gone. They left. Are you an accuser? Or do you go to Jesus and repent? And he said to her not to sin anymore. He said to this man, stop sinning or something worse will happen to you. Sin brings on the curse in your life. And from there, it's hell. And so you don't want to be throwing the stones at people. You don't want to be doing the one doing that. You don't want to be the accuser. But you want to get right with Jesus. You want to get on your knees and find out who he is. And then you will fall in love with him. And you'll want to do as well. You won't want to displease him. You, you won't want to walk away from him or not represent him or deny him because you're going to be in love with him. Let him heal you. Mary got healed that day. That man got healed that day. You can get healed. All you got to do is ask him to come and live on the inside of you and be your God, and he will, and he'll teach you. He'll hang out with you. Revelation 3.19 says he corrects those that he dearly and tenderly loves. Revelation 3.20, he said he's knocking at the door of your heart. You let him come in and heed his voice and he's going to heal you too. And when he heals you, he's setting you free and you're going to have happiness, peace, joy, and contentment overflowing. And then you'll be able to take part in his life. You'll be getting ready to marry him and live forever with him. you got to make a choice. He's almost here. He's coming. And when he comes, it'll be too late because this is a time of grace. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. He's just about ready to open that door. And you want to be ready, and he's given you plenty of time to get to know him. And if you don't get to know him, how can you be ready? If you don't take the time, to get to know him, to hang out with him, how can you be ready? And so, go and sin no more, or something worse can happen to you. And I'm stressing that because people think that it's okay that he shed his blood for us so that we can just keep sinning, and that is not the truth. And if you sit with him, you'll find out if you, when you have that icky feeling um, on the inside of you, and you listen, and you let him correct you and fix you up, then um, you'll know, you'll know that he loves you and he's going to take care of you and that you can win, you can be that overcomer that he called you to be. Go, go ahead and go with some people call it that gut feeling. Go with it and just let him show you the truth. Don't walk away from him. Don't keep sinning. So if you'd like to ask Jesus to come live on the inside of you, I would love to pray that prayer with you. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you are knocking at the door of our heart, and we invite you to come in and be our God and teach us 
how to receive that wisdom that we need to get ready for you. Help us not to be laying around thinking we're just waiting for you, but to know that we have a part, that if we're united with you, then we're going to be about what you're about. We're going to help you bring in the flock, bring in the harvest. We love you and praise you and give you all the glory. So if you said that prayer, he came to live on the inside of you. Now your part is to heed his voice. And when you heed his voice, then your relationship is going to grow. And you're going to know more and more. He's going to show you what he's thinking, how he's feeling. He's going to show you how to be that overcomer that he called you to be. Revelation 3.5 says that if you are an overcomer, your name's not going to be blotted out of the book of life. So know that you can't just sit around and wait, but you need to stand up for Jesus. Stand up for him. Prove his will is good and perfect by how you live your life. Not just how you talk, but how you live your life. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and share this video. Let people know Jesus is coming so that they're ready. We need to be ready. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today.